Open your Bibles today to the book of 2 Samuel. We're going to be reading from chapter 23. We're going to be reading from verse 13 to verse 17. You may be seated. That's fine too. Praise the Lord. We, we welcome you to the house of the Lord. And this is a very very precious time and we consider it a holy moment every time that we can stand here behind this pulpit and not to preach a sermon but to declare the word of the Lord amen amen hallelujah <laughs> praise the Lord praise the Lord The last Sunday when I ministered the word, I ministered on the mighty men of David. And we spoke on specifically on the story of Shammah, whom the Bible said that he stood in the midst of the ground when everybody fled. When the Philistines come, he said, you ain't going to steal my, my harvest, my food, my provision." I didn't mention it Sunday, but I, I, it left with my spirit that that very same place where Shama stood to defend that little parcel of ground against the enemies. When everybody fled, he stood his ground. That same place was known as the place of the jawbone. <laughs> and what that simply means was that Many years before whatever took place with Shammah, in the book of Judges, there's a story that it is mentioned there of a, a judge by the name of Samson. This would be the same place where Samson, with the jawbone of a donkey, would defeat a thousand Philistines. And if I can, I have a sneaking suspicion that Shama <laughs> had heard what had happened in that very land where he was standing. And he said, if God can do it for Samson, God can do it for me. Ain't no devil gonna steal what God has given you. And I want to tell you tonight that God has a harvest for this body of Christ that is here, but also those of you that are here and those that one day will listen to this word that we are preaching tonight, there is a harvest for you and your family too. And you better be able and you better stand and defend it and do not let the Philistines, do not let the devil, do not let the enemies of God come and steal what God has given you. That is your portion. It belongs to you because God gave it to you. Hallelujah. Right after that, there is a beautiful story of David and three of these mighty men. And the word of the Lord says in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, starting from verse 13. And three of the 30 chief 
went down of the three main men of the 30. And they came to David. I want you to look at this. In the harvest time. <laughs> Unto the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in a hold. And the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. Those of you understood that Bethlehem is where David grew up. And right where he had grown up, the Philistines, the enemies of God, the enemies of the God's people were there. And verse 15 tells us that David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. David began to long for, he began to thirst, he began to remember, and he began to desire. He said, oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. <laughs> and the three mighty men, when they heard this, they got up and broke through the host of the Philistines. They went to the enemy's camp and they drew water out, out of the well of Bethlehem. <laughs> that was by the gate just as David had desired it. And they took it and they brought it to David. Mm. Three men risked their lives. Told the king, you thirsty king, we'll go. Nevertheless, David would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, be it far from me, O Lord. That I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. But these three, these things did these three mighty. We can title our message today, and David was thirsty. Father, we thank you for your holy presence that is in this place. We understand the magnitude, God, of the times, Lord, that we are living in. In the necessity, Lord, for those that are listening today to hear a word from the Lord. 
as the prophet Amos prophesied that in the last days there would be a famine not of bread but of hearing the word of the Lord. And Father, today we stand before you and before God's people, Lord. We stand here knowing the magnitude, God, as far as our minds can comprehend it in our spirit, that this is a must word that must be heard, God. I pray that this word will get to the hearts of your people, anoint our lips, and anoint, Lord, those that will hear this word, God. That this will bring deliverance, hope, restoration, and direction to God's people. And we ask you this in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everybody says amen. And amen. Found in this chapter is another story of the doings of these mighty men of David. Men that are needed today in this hour because I believe with all my heart that God in these last days is raising up an army, is raising up men, is raising up a people. Jesus would use the words and he said that from the time of John the Baptist that the heavens, they suffer violence and the violent take it by force. And the story that we read this after this, this, this evening about David, it's a story that represents in the spirit realm many things. And this hour, I believe that it represents a ministry, an end-time ministry. And many times as as ministers, as leaders, as people that join in together. Many times what we see on television, what we call Christianity and what we see in, in the mega churches, we see ministries that have everything and it always just seems that it's just on the numbers as based on all the ministries they have, and it just seems like they never have problems. E everything seems good. But what I have, what I have learned over, over the years is that ministry is not always going to be a ministry that's going to be on fire. You're going to have times in the ministry where the ministry is going to be shaken. God works through seasons. Not every, not every service is going to feel like we felt the presence of God today. And other times, many times we're going to feel the heaviness. Many times we're going to have conflict and we're going to face things that, that, that where the enemy will want us to question whatever he wants us to question about. And it's interesting because David was to be the next king. He was the one who would take the throne. He had been chosen of God, but yet in this moment, he found himself not in a mega temple. He found himself in a cave, in a dunam. He 
with just a few people, with just a few men, with just a few resources. See, in ministry, that's something that as preachers and, or, or as ministers, you have to understand that those times come and sometimes they come very often. And when we get to those places as ministers, we can feel and the enemy can come and think, what are you doing? Give up. Or look, it's not working. No one wants to do it. Yet the only thing that you can hold on is to the promises of God. The only thing that you can hold on is because God said it and you're standing on the word. And I'm here to tell you, church, it seems like God has given us a mandate when I speak a mandate to all of us that is bigger than us. A mandate that is hard to comprehend. A mandate that God, that is hard to understand in the natural, but yet by the spirit, we know that God has told us to take this gospel, not just to our community, to our nation, and to all of the world. How are we going to do that? Where are we going to get the resources? Where are we going to get the money? How are we going to do it? This was a time where David was surrounded by his enemies. This was a time where David was surrounded by the Philistines who were everywhere and he found himself in a cave. Do you ever feel like that? You ever feel surrounded by your enemies, surrounded and you seem like, I don't know what to do. I'm trying to serve you, Lord. I'm trying to follow your word, but I feel like I'm just in a cave. But thank God that David knew how to surround himself around men and people of God. In this hour, we need to surround ourselves with people that are filled with the spirit of God, that I know the word of God. We need to follow and surround ourselves like the Bible says, the sons of Ishakar. Ishakar's sons were people who not only knew the times, but they knew what to do in these times. I'd rather surround myself with people that know the times and that know what to do in these times. I want God to surround us with people that know how to pray. I want God to surround us with people that know how to stand, that know, that are not afraid, that, that know how to worship God, that know how to bring about, hallelujah, that say don't give up, that know how to encourage one another, that knows how to pray, that know when to cry, that know when to laugh, that knows how to touch the hand of God. We need people that know the If you go to verse 13, the Bible tells us that it was harvest time. And they went into the cave of Adullam. Even though the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim, 
David found himself in a hole in the earth. David found himself in a holding place. Sometimes God, church, it seems like we'll put the ministry on a hold. <laughs> and others are receiving these, others are doing this. Others and see them, and it seems like we're doing nothing. It seems like we're just in a hold in a waiting time, and we're just waiting for God to direct us. And sometimes it can feel, and we can get a little antsy because we want God to move. But something powerful happened because the Bible says that as he was in a hold, David began to long. He began to desire. He began, he said, he began to long and said, oh, that one could give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem. This was more than water, I'm thirsty. It was a longing that the Holy Spirit had put upon David. He began to desire not just any water. Hallelujah. He began to desire a water from a well, not from any well. But he remembered the well from Bethlehem. You see, David was very familiar with the well from Bethlehem. He was from that city. It was there as a young child where he was a shepherd. It is there as a child where in Bethlehem where he tended to the sheep. It was there in Bethlehem where he had many countless hours. Even times where he would have to snatch from lions and bears the sheep, the spirit of God would come upon him and, and God would use him and he would snatch them out of their mouth. It was there where many of the Psalms that we read in the Bible were inspired by David, were inspired by the Holy Spirit upon David to declare the wonderfulness, the creation of God. But one thing that he remembered above all is that it was there where there was a well of water where many times he can dip himself into that water and satisfy his thirst. You see, when you have tasted Jesus, when you have tasted from the well, hallelujah, of Jesus, your life will never be the same. I don't care where you find yourself. I don't care where you find yourself at this moment in life. Once you have tasted of that water, your life will never be the same. You will find yourself going from well to well, trying to find a well like that, but you will not find it because that well can only be found in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that well. Jesus Christ is the living water. If you drink of that well, you will We get antsy in our life, and when we 
get, then when we start questioning and, and, and the enemy begins to oppress us, you got to go back and trace back your steps. And you got to, now the Bible says that there is a well that's no longer found in Bethlehem. That well is inside of you. That well is called the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said that it will be inside of you like living waters. I wish I could tell you that I feel like that well, it's always flowing in my life and I just got the joy all the time. But the fact is that I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm just as a human being as you. Sometimes the waters get still within our soul. Sometimes the waters are not burning. Sometimes you just don't feel like praising God and, and you're battling in your mind and you're going through things. But the, what I have learned that, that, that just because I don't sense nothing, it doesn't mean the rivers are not inside of me. They're just still. But when you allow the Holy Spirit, when, when you begin to praise him, you allow the Holy Spirit to come and stir those waters up. And, and all of a sudden you came in and you begin to tap that foot. To, you begin to lift up your hands. And all of a sudden you're just like dancing. And you begin to praise God. And you begin to shout because there is a joy. The river starts flowing because there's a river of life flowing out from me. Sometimes, even if you find yourself alone, you got to speak to your well and say, hallelujah, spring up a well within my soul. You got to know that there's a well inside. You have to understand. See, we, we, we like to question our salvation and we like to question are we, are we saved? No, no. The Spirit of God is inside of you. It's just that it's still. The danger is when you allow those waters to be still for a long time. They say, if you're ever lost in the wilderness, be careful with still waters. Still waters get contaminated. Still waters, things happen. Always drink from what? Running water. <laughs> Always drink from running water. That water has to continue to be flowing inside of you. See, discover that in your life that, that there's a well inside of you. You don't need to come. You don't need to be enticed by the music, by the song. You don't need to be enticed by the singers. There's a well inside of you that no matter where I go, I can sing. I can praise Him. Glory to God. But it was in that place where David found himself thirsty. I'm sure there was other places where he can get water. I'm sure there was places that were less guarded, that were less dangerous. But no, 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 no. He longed for the well of Bethlehem. He was longing. And see what happens is that many times, as I told you the last time that God has a harvest for you. But there's always an enemy that is lurking around what belongs to you. It's always like that. 
It always seems that when, as much as you're trying to get close to God and, and we're trying to do everything that God has told us to do, the closer we get, it seems like the enemy tries to fight us with everything we got. But that's the way this Christian life is. It is. I thank God that nothing that nothing is coming easy for us because when you when everything comes easy, you don't appreciate it. See, when it don't cost, when the anointing don't cost you nothing, you don't know what you have. The anointing has to cost you something. You hear me? The anointing has to cost you something. A lot of times we see the preachers and we see the anointing upon them and we see they're anointed, but we don't know, hallelujah, what they what that anointing costs. It's not just, oh, I went to a seminary and I learned and I got a degree, and so now I have I have now the the the, the I have the right to stand behind a pulpit. No. The anointing cost you something, brother. The anointing cost you something, sister. The anointing will cost you something, preacher. The anointing will cost you something, minister. The anointing will cost you something, pastor, woman of God. The anointing costs something. And God chooses whom he anoints, not us. He chooses who he anoints. Above all, he anoints his words. But he also, also has to anoint your lips. He anoints the word. The word is anointed already. But he has to anoint your lips to declare it. And the Bible said that David was then, he, he began the law. And when I think about this, I... I can think about what 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 Psalms in in in, in chapter uh, forty two declares the sons of Korah who rode as the heart panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsted for God. My soul thirsted for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? And when I remember, I pour out my soul in thee. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. I went with a multitude that kept the holy day. But why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? See, many times in this walk with God, our soul is going to feel that it's cast down. We are going to feel disquieted. And, 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 and I like that, that, that the psalmist says, why are you cast down, O soul of mine? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. 
David began to long in that cave when he was by himself with the mighty man, just a few men. But he began to long. He said, oh, if I could just drink of that water. If I could just have a sip of that water from that well of Bethlehem. It almost seemed, it seemed, it was an impossible request for that was guarded by the Philistines wherever they would go. But yet God heard, heard, heard the plea, heard the longing in David's heart. Let me tell you something. God will never turn his back in a heart that is longing after him. God will never turn his back. It doesn't matter at what time you call upon the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in a prison in your own mind. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in a dark place in this hour. If there is a longing in your soul, God will send his spirit and his word to wherever you're at. For he is the only one that can satisfy your thirst. He is the only one that can satisfy the longing inside of you. And as David was longing for those waters, a task that seemed impossible, three mighty men stood up and said, I will go. There's no place that God will not enter. Sometimes we think that we can just find God in church. But you can find God under a freeway. You can find God in the loneliest and the scariest places that you ever think. You can find God in the prisons. The other day as I was ministering to a group of men. I'm talking about men that most of their lives they have spent in prisons. And as I was teaching them on Tuesday. A man. He said, Pastor, I'm new to this. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to every word that is coming from your mouth. I'm new to this. I, I, I'm just holding on to every word. You see, I, I, all I've known is prison all my life. That's all I've been into is prison. And what you're talking to us is bearing witness in me because it was in a prison cell while I was crying out where God came to me into that cell and touched my heart, I'm talking to you in a cell where God sent his spirit and his word to comfort and touch a man. Let me tell you something, God even deals, do not put limits on God. Don't think that God just deals with men that look good, with men that just everything's okay. No, God deals with those that are sick. God can even deal with men in their drunkenness, in their highness. God can still deal the Holy Spirit with a man or a woman. For there is no limit for what God can do. And the Bible tells us that there was three men. They quickly, they got up. The Bible says that they... 
three men broke through the host of the Philistines. Three mighty men got hallelujah, filled with the Holy Ghost and, and began to make the way and began to go through the enemy's camp. And it was as if God had blinded the Philistines as these men were roaming through. The Philistines thought that they had it guarded. The Philistines said, ain't nobody going to come and touch this well of Bethlehem. As a matter of fact, I'm going to strategically put over here some men because this is where David, I know David is longing to come in, but we're going to take care of this well and ain't nobody going to touch it. But unbeknownst to him, hallelujah, God had already sent three mighty men who were breaking into the enemy's camp, who were brave enough to stand every step they were taking. He was blinding the eye of the enemy. He was blinding the eye of the guard and every stronghold that they had, they were going and breaking through you see in the spirit realm we may have a lot of enemies against us we may have principalities and powers that are trying to destroy the work uh, hallelujah of this house and those that are listening to me let me tell you something but god will give you the grace and will give you the favor to stand before your enemies to hide you from your enemies to give you favor and grace so that you may come and drink from that well matter what who opposes when God has sent you he sent you when God hallelujah sends you he doesn't send you empty-handed he makes a way he'll open up the door he'll touch people's lives he'll touch a heathen to bless you he'll touch a heathen to open up a door he'll use whatever he has to use and what the devil meant for evil God has the power to turn it around in your life Oh, enemies of God, hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God has his servants. Uh, they're in the middle, hallelujah, of their enemies. They're in the middle of the enemy's camp. Uh, and they're standing here and holding their ground. We may find ourselves in a little cave of a doolum today, spiritually speaking. But let me tell you, God is about to release us. God is about to give us a kingdom. God is about to give us a harvest of souls. God is about to open up a door that no devil in hell will be able to stop. Are you ready? Are you ready? part of the song goes? Huh? And possess the land. From Palm Springs to uh, Mecca. <laughs> From North Shore, amen. <laughs> Though the giants might be there, a way to hinder her. Our God has given us the victory. Well, we are able to go up and take the country, church. <laughs> Somebody ought to believe. And possess the land. 
from Jordan to the sea. Though the giants might be there, uh -huh, you're going to find some giants. Our way to hinder. Somebody declare it. Our God, <laughs> he's given us the victory. <laughs> my, my, my. Hallelujah. Well, the devil, the devil's trying to take care and trying to stop us. He doesn't know that God already has his man already. We're already penetrating the principalities. We're already penetrating the powers. We're just waiting for God's order. But I, I'm on my way to Bethlehem, church. I'm on my way to the well. I'm on my way to the waters. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Hallelujah. And the Bible says. satisfied as long as I just make it. You ever seen Christians? No, brother, I just want to make it to heaven, you know. What you mean, man? You know, yeah, yeah. Brother, I used to think like that, but I've been graduated. It's no longer about if I'm going to heaven. It's I want some crowns when I get to heaven. If you, all you want, as long as I make it to heaven, then, then you don't really know what heaven is and what the Bible says about it. But there are crowns that God has for you. Crowns that have cost you sweat and blood and prayer. And somebody's, people knocking on you, people distrusting you, people putting you down. Even your dumb balls falling down like a knucklehead, even up and down. And ah, but now you're standing like a man. Now you're standing like a woman of God and saying, no, now I'm taking back what the devil stole from me. Mm. Uh. But these men did not get satisfied with just getting to the well. Didn't take their iPhone camera. Let me take a picture of the well so I can share, show it to David that at least we got no. They dipped, hallelujah, that Tupperware plastic or Rubbermaid plastic, do you want to call it? And they dipped it down into the well and drew some water. <laughs> hallelujah. You know what? When they got that water, it was tempted for them to drink. But I said, no, we ain't going to touch it because this belongs to the king. Hallelujah. We got to make sure we put... They almost forgot to bring the top of that Tupperware, but thank God that one of Shama remembered and he said, don't forget the top because we don't want that water spilling anywhere because this water is for the king. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Three mighty men around. Hallelujah. Where are those enemies? Hallelujah. They're looking, they're looking for you over there. We're right here in the well. Hallelujah. Man, you want to take a dive in? Maybe, maybe Shama took a dive inside that well and swam in that water a little bit. Hallelujah. Refreshed himself in the well of God. Sometimes that's all you got to do. Sometimes you just got to encourage yourself. Sometimes you ain't got the pastor. You ain't got people around you. You find yourself alone. All you got to do, begin to praise him. Begin to sing, I got fire. I got the joy of the spirit. Hallelujah. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon my life, I'm going to dance like David danced. Hallelujah. I'm going to shout like David. David shouted, glory to God. Am I preaching to somebody here tonight? Ah. 
drew the water out of the well of Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house. going to find the well of Bethlehem in the house of bread. <laughs> you see, Bethlehem is no longer a location in the map. It's in the word. This is where you're going to find them people, the answers to your dilemmas in life. Parents, this is where you're going to find your answer on how to raise your kids. Marriages, this is where you're going to find the happiness. Oh, young man, let me glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't know, I just feel good this afternoon. If you only knew how the enemy has tried to oppress me, to bring me down, but he's a liar. And I'm standing on God's word. I came here tonight not even knowing what I was going to preach. I said, God, I know there's something and there's a word, and I'm going after it. And I believe tonight God is trying to tell us, you got to go to the well. But when you get there, don't just stand there. Don't be comfortable just because you belong to a church with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. No, 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 no. You got to look for more and say, God, is there something for me? Let me take my part. Let me take my portion of water. Hallelujah. What, who says only you can preach and declare the word of God? Give me a word, God. I go to the I go to the sick. I go to the blind. I go to those that are heaven laden. I preach. If I gotta preach on Facebook, I'll preach it. If I gotta preach, hallelujah, on Twitter, I'll preach it. If I gotta preach at work at the university school, I'll preach it. <laughs> finish my message. I got to finish my message. The Bible says that he went and they drew. I like that. See, we always think that God is the only one that he always has to just pour out on. Sometimes you got to draw from the water. It didn't say that there was a, a magical bucket there that was there and that the water was had to go and draw it. You want to drink from the well? You got to draw from it. You've got to draw from the well. It's got to cost you something. To draw is to pull out water. Yeah, you must pull it out. You must pull it out the water and sometimes hallelujah it's not sometimes you know it's going to break your back a little bit hallelujah because you got to hallelujah from the well you got to pick it up and draw it and draw it and draw it and draw it hallelujah but sooner or later if you keep bending if you keep drawing some good water is going to come and it's going to satisfy your soul let's move let's move that was by the gate so they got there to the well they stood drew water. And then the Bible says that they took it. See, see, when, 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 when you draw from that well, you can no longer keep it to yourself. <laughs> see, we, we have, see, that's what we have in church. In church, 
people just go, I'm just going to go receive. I'm going to go do my thing. No, no, that, then you, you, you're doing it the wrong way. It's a place where you receive to take, to give. When God has done something in your life, you can't keep it to yourself. And can't nobody tell it like you tell it. Hallelujah. Can't nobody tell it like you tell it what he's done for you. So they drew it and they took it. They even had that walk when they was taking it. Hallelujah. They wasn't, they wasn't looking over their back anymore. They wasn't worried about the enemies. Because they knew God was with them. And they were confident. Hallelujah. Boldly. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. They were going and they took it. And they brought it. They took it. And they brought it to David. Now this is the puzzling part right here. I mean these men just went over there to risk their lives. And then David decides I ain't going to drink from it. Now, the Bible says that nevertheless he would not drink of it. But there's a reason why. He saw that three men sacrificed their life. In a sense, it was almost like a, it seemed like a selfish desire, but no, it wasn't. Because really the Lord had put that thirst To show him that they were men that would go and draw from the water, risk their lives, and he brought it. And he said, you know what? As good as that water looks, as crystal clear and yellow and, 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 and so good that it looks, he says, I can't drink of it. I'm going to do something better. I am going to put aside my wants, my needs, and I'm going to offer this water as a sacrifice unto the Lord. He said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the man that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. But these three things, these three mighty men did. How far will you go? How desperate are you? Have you become satisfied? Have you just become accustomed and just feel like, man, this is the way things have to be? Or have you tasted from that water and you say, man, it's been a while since I've drank from those waters. I believe that what the Spirit of God is doing, and I speak to you prophetically tonight. That there is a longing that God is putting in people all over the land. And there's people that are looking for They're not looking for another sermon. They're not looking for another church. We got plenty of those sermons, church. They're looking for a word from God. 
many people that well of Bethlehem those waters it's really inside of you you have inside of you a well that can satisfy the thirst of someone who is lonely inside more than ever before I find myself connected with men and women that are looking and when they get in contact with you, with me, with somebody you better be ready to give them of that water those waters the Bible says that I, Jesus said I would, I, that I will die and then I will send from heaven but I will not leave you I will send you the Holy Spirit but in order for the Holy Spirit to come Jesus had to die Jesus had to shed his blood. He would arise at the third day. It cost the very life of Jesus. But he says, I go. Do not be sad. I will leave you a comforter. I will leave you the Holy Spirit. And listen. The job of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit is this. Bible says that he will lead you to all truth and the Holy Spirit would testify of me Jesus the Holy Spirit will always draw you not unto himself but unto Jesus Christ would you stand up this evening Anybody thirsty here tonight? Bless the Lord. I'm just going to open up these altars for the last few minutes today. And this invitation is just for those that say, I'm thirsty. I'm longing from those wells. Hallelujah. This is for anybody. This invitation is for everybody that wants to come. As we sing that song, I'm thirsty for you. I'm thirsty for you. I'm hungry for you. I'm desperate for you. If that's you this evening, I want you to come to these altars. I don't want you to feel obligated. Come because there is a longing inside of you. I'm going to stand here with you because I feel a longing. I'm a minister.